Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. All right, folks, we're back at it. Let's get started with another week. We are going to be attacking on Monday some front squats. We're going to do three sets of 10 at 65 to 75% of your one rep max, we found that, uh, not, I guess not last Friday, by this point it'll be two Fridays ago, um, as we've mentioned, and hopefully you're catching on to, we're front squatting and we're pressing. We're trying to build strength on those two movements for the next couple months, so pay attention to the percentages, 65 to 75%, um, kind of starting at 65% and then building your way up through the three sets. Be ready for a challenge. A set of 10 is no joke on a front squat. That's a lot of time for that bar to sit on your shoulders. I recommend you try to take a single breath and maybe knock out the first three or four reps and then start taking breaths between your reps to rebrace your system and re-engage the core and be better structured for those last six or so repetitions um, where the struggle is going to kind of pile on. With your front rack, uh, I talk about this a lot. The question I ask my athletes is, are you ready to do a thruster? Whether you're standing up and the bar's on your shoulders or you're sitting down in a squat and the bar's on your shoulders, you should be ready to do a thruster at all times. So I strongly recommend that you start working on re-engaging your fingers with that barbell so you have a full grip on it rather than that loose fingertip-only grip that really has no other purpose than to let the bar sit on the shoulder. It's much better for you as an athlete in general to start to build the flexibility needed to be able to get the elbow up and keep a grip on the bar. Yeah, as well as holding that bar with a full grip also allows you guys to keep tension in your upper back Mm -hmm. and that we don't find that mashed potato position that often happens where my legs are strong enough to stand up, but that's not what fails. It's my front rack that fails, and then we end up dumping off the front. So, yeah. Better positioning. Absolutely. Um, Following that, our workout is four-time. Chipper style, it is going to be 50 push-ups, 50 ab mat sit-ups, 50 box hops, 50 pull-ups, 1K run. Now, does anybody remember a pretty nasty workout that we put out, I think, two two weeks ago? It was a 1K row followed by 35 clean and jerks. Oh, my goodness. So that was a portion of the hammy, if you guys noticed it. It was the starter with the 1K row, Mm -hmm. and then it was all the barbell lifts, all 35 of the reps that happened in the hammy, but piled into one big nasty set. Well, we took the other half of the hammy and put it together. So it's all the gymnastics movements, 50 push-ups, 50 ab mat sit-ups, 50 box ops, 50 pull-ups, and then finishing with an aggressive 1K run. So it's the other half. Yeah, this one's going to be a lot different. Um, Since we don't open up, with the row or the run we don't open up with that nasty burn right out of the front and then we also don't have the barbell it means that you guys are going to be able to push the push-ups sit-ups box hops and pull-ups pretty quickly um sit-ups and box hops i'd say you guys can do one set just one continuous set where you continue moving push-ups we're going to have to break them up but since it is the first movement that's going to be the one where muscle fatigue really gets us um but i think for the most part it's not a bad strategy to do if you can 
pump out a bigger set, maybe a 25, 15, 10 style. Um, but if you need to, we can still dial it back to maybe fives, tens with a really quick rest just because it is that first movement and we can push pretty hard through it without having too much consequence because we don't end up using our arms again until the pull-ups. Yeah, and it's not a push yep. in the pull-up, right? It's a pull. Yep. So once you get to those pull-ups, then maybe you're really strong at them and you can knock out a big chunk to open up. Mm-hmm. I doubt we're going to see anybody do 50 unbroken. Um, I, I don't know. Go for it, man. Yeah, I'm not trying that. Mm. I'm going to break them into chunks and make sure that my rests are really short. Um, because as soon as I finish those pull-ups, I'm going to go hit a hard run yeah. uh, with that one-kilometer run. Make sure that you're, even if you're a little bit winded to start, that you catch your breath in the first two, 300 meters, and then you try to pick up the pace and have a sprint finish to close this one out. Um, it being essentially half of the work of the hammy, I'd, I'd say, um, what are we looking at time frame? I'm thinking sub-15 minutes is possible. Yeah, I'm actually thinking it's going to be um, a little bit longer than that other version we did with yeah. the 1K row and the clean and jerks. Mm-hmm. I would say that it can definitely be done sub-15. I was thinking um, if you add maybe three to four minutes to what that first version took you is what it might take. Yep, and and like I said, uh, sub-15 makes sense because mm-hmm. that first version taking, well, depends on who you are, but... It was doable in about nine minutes if you could really crank the pace and you wanted to attack that barbell. Yeah. So yeah, if you add about four or five minutes to that, we're looking we're looking just under fifteen minutes here. Yep. All right. Well, let's get after that one and uh, and make sure that you really attack that run. It's going to be a nasty way to finish, but it's it's just running, right? You just got to take another step and you're a little bit closer. Keep your legs moving. Yep. On to Tuesday, we're going long and steady. Uh, there is nothing fast about this one because it is a 40-minute AMRAP. For 40 minutes, you're going to do as many rounds as you possibly can, rowing 250 meters, then going into 20 wall ball shots, 15 toes to bar, and then 10 alternating dumbbell snatches. Now, what I have written for the weight on this is heavy. That's it. It's going to look different for everybody. Um, for me, heavy is probably going to look like a, I'm thinking I might try to use the hundred pound dumbbell, um, which is going to be very significant for me. Uh, but it's only 10 repetitions for you. It might look like less weight. I really would like to see them be alternated in the air where we're kind of changing hands on the way down and touching the ground and then pulling right back up. Um, once you get done with those, you get to go back to the rower which is a chance to find a stable rhythm and get some recovery in while still doing work before you go and hit the wall ball shots. Uh, Use the right dumbbell for you. We want you to be able to move it well. You're welcome to use that power snatch action where you get under the bar or under the dumbbell rather and catch it a little bit. So it's not just a, a stand up and a press out, but it's more of a up and under like we would with a barbell. Um, But those 10 reps those 10 reps should be kind of devastatingly difficult because you're going to go back to the rower and get to recover there. Yeah, I think this one's going to end up being a ton, a ton of work at the end of it. So don't underestimate it. I would say stay out of the gate. It's not a bad idea to break wall ball shots, and it's not a bad idea to break toe to bar either. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say toe to bar in maybe two, three sets the entire time is actually going to feel slow at the beginning, but it's going to be a great pace about 20 minutes in. Um, 
Same thing with wall ball shots. If you guys go out of the gate and you think, okay, 2015-10 is a rep scheme I can go and broken on, um, that might be true for the 15-minute time range, but it's just going to really add up. So be smart about that beginning so that we can continue to move steady throughout the whole, ter- the whole workout rather than starting real fast and then hitting that wall. Yeah, and if you, if you properly challenge yourself with that dumbbell, then you should really kind of, I don't want to say take it easy, but you should be a little conservative with the first three movements mm-hmm. because those are just kind of getting you warmed up to then do the very aggressive workload of those 10 dumbbell snatches. Um, that's, that's the significant portion of the workout. So don't fly to it and then get crushed by it. Kind of step your way up to it and then try to get through it and then find some recovery and step your way back up again. Um, you're going to see that dumbbell quite a few times, so hopefully you have enough in you to be able to move it well. If you've chosen a weight that's too heavy, then adjust. Grab a lighter dumbbell. Make sure that this is going to be a safe workout, but a difficult workout for you. Yep. All right, so Tuesday, long and uh, long and a little bit of that heavy finish. On to Wednesday, where we're going to turn up the intensity and try to run hard. Here's what we're doing. We've got intervals. We're doing three rounds of an 800-meter run, one minute of rest, a 400-meter run, 90 seconds of rest, and then a 200-meter run with two minutes of rest before we return and start the next round. The intensity should increase significantly as the length of the runs decrease. Right? Our 800 is going to be a much steadier effort than our 200 will be. Our 200 should be a near sprint effort, especially because we've cushioned you with a full two minutes of rest after that 200-meter run, which should be twice as much rest as you just did in work before we go back into a steady interval of 800 meters. Um, this is a system that I used a ton several summers ago when I, when I ran with a, a really good runner and got pretty good at running. Um, it really helped me to understand how hard I could push each of those different distances with the given rest uh, before I tapped my red line. Yeah, uh, this one's going to be weird because you guys are one. Uh, the tendency is we want to come out on the 800 and the 400, um, and we want to be fast, but we want you guys to find pace in the 800 and 400. 800 is 100% a paced run. 400 is a pace run, but a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And then 200, like Phil said, is kind of more of emptying the tank. So just make sure that as you guys approach this one, the 800 is not the 200 times 4, right? The 800 is broken down much differently. Don't expect to take your 200 time and times it by 4 and then get your 800 time. Um, you're going to have to learn pace, and that's the great thing about this one. The rest... The rest um, scheme, the way that we put the rest in there, and then the way that you guys get less distance with more rest allows you guys to build up to a sprint and then back down. Agreed. Agreed. All right. That's all we're doing on Wednesday. Uh, well, not all, because we're going to have a cool down after mm-hmm. we finish the running and spend some time stretching everything out. So hopefully we have a nice little reset for our system before we go into the rest of the training of the week. And you guys can tune back in on Wednesday morning when we'll be publishing the second part of this podcast, and you'll catch up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Until then, leave us comments and questions uh, so that we can do better and, and help you guys understand our program a little bit better, and we will see you all in the gyms.